Two guys. Two topics. Two, two, two. two opinions. Two. You talk. Give me two. This is the split story of the day on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Tell me lies. Tell me sweet little lies. Tell me lies. Gordon has a column up at sltrib.com. He throws around the L word a lot. Liar. <laughs> Lying lies in its various form, forms. Uh, Gordon, the headline, Kalani Satake and Kyle Whittingham are lying about their quarterback situation. Set up the column for us. Well, they're talking about their who's going to be their starting quarterback. And these guys know who their starting quarterback's going to be, but they're telling everybody they don't know. So it's not, when, I, when you see, use the word liar, you know, it sounds, it sounds aggressive. Uh, I don't mean lying like they're filthy, dirty liars. It's pretty aggressive. It's, it's just that they are lying within the context of honesty. <laughs> so so they're, they're, they're being honest liars. Because they're not hurting anyone. A white lie. Uh, I don't know if that's what it is, but they are. They are. How about how about this? Is they it are a, deceiving. Do you have a problem with a strategic lie? Because I think that describes it more than an honest lie, frankly. But. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Strategic lie. Yeah. So the, the whole point of the column is if these guys know the answer to the question that they're being asked, but they act as though they have no clue. You know, it's it's competitive. It's a tough situation. This is Eisenhower creating the fake army opposite of the yeah Calais. Yeah, exactly. The, 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 yeah. That, it's that kind of yeah, one. yeah. Well, I mean, that was a little more significant, I'd say. Uh, but uh, but anyway, uh, you can you can get you can pretty much know that they they know who it's going to be. But there's all kinds of reasons. You and I have discussed some of this stuff before. You know, they don't want, uh, if you have three good quarterbacks, they don't want one or two of them to transfer because they're they're eliminated as the starter too early. Uh, and you want your players to compete for the positions. We've talked a lot to Kalani Sataki about that, and he he's learned that, that he doesn't want to gift anything over. He wants everybody to have to work for everything. And, of course, the quarterback position is the most important position on the entire club. So he, he doesn't want anybody getting soft or getting fat-headed about it. So, and, and I get it. I mean, both Utah and BYU have multiple good quarterbacks. And so they want to create this environment where where guys really work for it. And then, of course, they don't want to show their hand. They want to keep it in-house. And uh, I, I don't know how effective that really is because I don't think that knocks opponents off really much at all. I mean, I guess if you had a situation where you had a great running quarterback and a great throwing quarterback and you wanted to not let somebody prepare – hundred uh, percent for one or the other, then I could see it maybe. But usually, I don't think it's any big deal for an opponent. They, 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 they also know that the coaches are full of it. They know who the quarterback's going to be. Well, the coaches think it's a big deal. What do you mean? The clandestine nature of it all. They think it's a big deal to the opponent, or they wouldn't do it. Yeah, I think it's paranoia. Or is it uh, because they know that it matters to them 
so it would matter to their opponent as I well. Mean, that's game plan. I, but I, they're the ones getting ready for these games. No, I mean, I they, they deal with teams doing similar things. All three are and, showing great separation from the rest. It's so close right now. I can tell you not, no decision will be made. And it, it doesn't really benefit them in any way to to tip their hands. So why? Although there is a benefit. This is the one benefit that oftentimes gets overlooked. And maybe it is told to, to, to the team in private, but I, I don't really think so. And that is establishing a confident leader uh, in advance as opposed to waiting until the last minute. Uh, I think that when, when the players all – the players know who the best quarterbacks are. Uh, but when they have an established leader, I think that's easy to rally around. So I think that is one downside to not naming what you know. And uh, but but coaches like to play this game. We've seen it over and over again. And I will admit that there are some exceptions where it really is tight and tough to figure out who's going to be that guy one over the other. But I think in this case, both of these coaches know the answer to the questions that are being asked, and they pretend they don't know because they don't want to reveal it. And, and look, I'm not even saying that's a bad thing. I'm just saying it's a thing. I We, we have no idea what coaches are telling their teams behind the, the scenes. I, I often think coaches probably, with their actions at very least, tip their hands to the team. I mean, who's getting – you know, you're not going into game prep mode – the week of the first game and splitting the number one reps. Right, You're just not right. doing that. Mm-hmm. So I, I always just naturally assume that whether coaches vocalized it or not, the players knew. I mean, you were kind of alluding to this as well, I think, but the players knew who the starting quarterback was going to be yeah. before they make it official. That's why I think that's the norm more than what urban Meyer did. As we talked about a few, few days ago, remember when he started, uh, winners and losers. Yeah. Cardell Jones over JT Barrett. Right. Oh, oh yeah. And yeah. urban didn't tell him until the, they were taking the field. Like, well, hold on there, JT. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's why that situation baffled me so much. Like they, they didn't know until the first play who was going to, it's like, how can you do that? So I don't think these coaches are doing that, is my point. I think if the team does not know now, they certainly will know a week before the game whether the coaches tell them or not. I would think. Yeah, I think they do know now. Most of them know. They may not absolutely know the players, but they know who the best quarterback is. They're knowing. knowing. These are smart athletes who have been around the game for a long time, and they can see. They can see who's the best leader. They can see who's been performing best in practice. They know who the best athlete is. They know all those things. Well, and they so, know who they're getting reps with. Yeah, there's I mean, that too. Because coaches are going to go in there without getting reps with the guys that are going to have to get it done on Saturday. I mean, come on, right? And I th- obviously that's another advantage to to give almost all the first-team reps to one guy. Which they might be doing already. Yeah, I mean – practices are closed off so that folks don't really know at least they don't with their own eyeballs they haven't seen it and you know i'm not sure uh when i wrote this column i thought uh, some people might think uh oh, poor reporters you don't you don't really get to know who's who's going to be the starter at least not officially i couldn't care less i don't care who starts but the fans it's very interesting to the fans and i think the fans would like to know who the guy is going to be. But anyway, uh, it's just interesting that this game is played every time you have a graduating quarterback 
or a quarterback who has left the program. Now there's this scramble to figure out who it's going to be. And, Jake, it happens over and over and over again where it's just too tight to call. And that's that's a load of hooey. Well, it's college football. You know, there's turnover on every team every year. And so it creates this story in various ways, maybe not always with the quarterback, but it seems like a lot. Well, the quarterback position has become so important, like we've talked about. It, it, I mean, even at a school like Utah, where they like to run the ball a lot, or they have in the past, it is vital. It is absolutely, you've got to get this right. And that is one of the points of the column is the coaches know who they're going to start, uh, but that doesn't mean they're right. You know, sometimes there is a guy who has a certain amount of something that uh, surprises even the coaches. And when he gets the opportunity through injury or bad play or whatever to shine, then you go, whoa, okay, I see I see what's here. Uh, So they're wrong sometimes. But I think these are very smart football men who who know the game. They know players. They know talent when they see it. And they've watched these guys. They have notebooks full of scribblings about who does what in practice. And, and they know. They have all the information they need. You think one more scrimmage is going to make a difference? Likely no. Yeah, and that's what Kyle said uh, when he was talking about this. We won't make a decision until after the next scrimmage. And uh, and and uh, so, I mean, I, I don't I don't think that's really going to make a difference. Uh, and typically, the players who have been playing a certain way keep playing that way. So we'll see where it goes from here. And then on the other hand, you have a situation that we've talked about in the pros, where what about like it, it, Zach Wilson with the Jets? I mean, not only has he been named the starter, there's nobody else to turn to. You know, and so some coaches go that route. And I think that's true in both the college game and the pro game where a guy is absolutely established. It doesn't really matter what his track record is. Zach Wilson has no track record. And yet they are putting everything on him and everyone on the team knows it. And so everyone on the team is uh, sort of preparing for that and angling for that. And I I think there is value in that at, at all levels of football. And I think that's the way I would lean. Look, I'm going to make I'm going to make my candidates work hard, but by this time, uh, in preparation for a season, I want my guy absolutely to know he's the guy, and I want everybody on the team to know he's the guy. And quite frankly, I want everyone to know he's the guy. And I would have no problem with making that public. I'm not sure. I I think it's all that comparable with the NFL and college football. I I, I certainly see your overall point, but, but but the Jets went Cortez with with Zach Wilson. They burned their ships. I mean, this is they did that on purpose because in the NFL you can afford to play the long game. In well, college football, I don't know how long your game is going to be if you're. If no, you're no, not but progressing. You, you know what I mean? The Jets can throw this year in the garbage can for a variety of reasons. So get your guy out there. You and mean get, in the last 25 years? You get the, yeah, but they have a not brand new front office, but they've got a new front office and a new okay. coach, that, and it buys you time. You've got the number two pick. Zach Wilson himself being a rookie gives more latitude. And so they're in a different position than Utah, who, who by the way, wasn't willing to do that with Cam Rising. So, I mean, uh, you know, Cam Rising or Charlie Brewer, you know, they weren't willing to do what they did with Tyler Huntley with Cameron Rising. So, I mean, it's I don't think those situations are all that comparable.
On the other hand, if you have a sophomore quarterback and you know you're going to have this kid for the next three years, unless he declares early, uh, I don't think there's – I think there are coaches out there who will take a few lumps to get a guy ready. Well, Witt did that with Tyler Huntley. Yeah. That's what I'm alluding yeah, to. Yeah. yeah, he did that. He he benched the senior, Troy Williams, to get Tyler Huntley And in. remember, we all thought uh, Troy Williams was going to be named, and a lot of people thought he should have been named. He had a decent year the year yeah. before. I mean, he was he was pretty good. and But Witt looked at 2019 and said, okay – well, I'm going to have a really good team by then, so let's get the quarterback ready so that that team's pretty good. It's the advantage of Witt having the ultimate job security, and he can afford to think that way. But I do actually think it says a lot about Cam Rising that Witt wasn't willing to do that with Cam Rising. He keeps recruiting experienced guys over the top of him. I wonder if in this day and age you have to do that just because these quarterbacks are so vulnerable. You've got to load up the best you can. But and Tyler, I thought it was one of the things that I thought was interesting with what Andy Ludwig said the other day was that not only are is he impressed with the guys who are supposedly battling for the number one position, but he's impressed with quarterbacks three, four, and five. I, do you believe that? You're rolling your eyes. You think that's all just a bunch of crap? I don't believe he's even watching them play. <laughs> See, I, I'm different than that. I think these coaches really study everybody out. I, I think they, I think Andy Ludwig is formulating in his mind as we speak, uh, what what's next. That's what spring balls for <laughs> is to watch the fifth string quarterback. Well, Charlie Brewer played really well in spring, and established himself in a in a rapid fashion as the guy. I'm not saying he is the guy that the, the youth coaches think is going to uh, is their guy, but they have a guy in mind. And look, if you if you pull these offensive coordinators aside and say, "Come on, man, what's going?" On? They'll tell you, and they do have a guy. I like the idea of establishing a leader early on and making it absolutely clear to everyone. And here's one of the reasons why. I and and I'm sure all the coaches agree with this part of it. We we may take different paths to getting there, but we we I think we would all agree, and you would agree too, Jake. The importance of establishing leaders on a college football team. Uh, we were talking about John Peace earlier in the in the week. Uh, he passed away this week. A veteran, a great veteran uh, football coach who who knew what he was talking about strategically, but also knew how to motivate. Uh, football players of all ages. He coached in the NFL. He coached college football, coached at Utah, played at Utah. But one thing I remember him saying to me is, this isn't my team. This isn't Kyle Whittingham's team. This is the players' team. And they have to they have to uh, emerge as t- and take ownership of the team. And I thought, man, that really that's really true. Because I know coaches are over there and they're instructing and yelling and and they're the, the the buck stops with them. But how you play on the field, I think, really really emanates from your leaders who are players. And and I remember when I talked with John about it, he used Jim McMahon as an example, and he said even the coaches would follow his example on on the field and bend to his knowledge and his drive his passion and his abilities 
If you do that, then you've got a football team. And you may not have a great football team. You may have a team that is that, that will win 11 games. You might have a team that will win eight games. But you're going to win a whole lot more games if you establish that on your team. And they are going to reach their potential whatever, wherever that talent can take them. So my question to you, Jake, is who are the leaders on uh, the Utes and the Cougars. Who who are the, first of all, who are the best players? Name me a couple of the best players on each of those teams, and you tell me if that will bleed over in the, in the value of leadership from them this year. Well, first, I've got I've to start with a, a comment on leadership because I personally think leadership is way overrated. It's the followers that go get the job done. They never get any of the credit. Everybody wants to talk about the leader, leader, leader. The people should give it a speech. But everyone the- can be a leader. That's what, that's what I'm saying. It's not the guy who gets up and gives the speech. It's, it's the guys, the group of guys who take possession of the team. They're, they all can be leaders. You can't have a whole team full of leaders. You've got to have some followers. As a follower, I think <laughs> that our role is extremely underappreciated. Oh, Everybody wants go. to talk about the leaders. What about the followers that are actually going out there and doing it? Well, the leaders are doing it, too. Yeah, See, I, be- I really believe you can have 11 leaders on your team. Oh, that's just uh, – that's from, a, that's from a, uh, one of those motivational calendars. <laughs> Give me a break. <laughs> You gotta have somebody who's gonna shut up and go out there and get the job well, yeah, done. Shut up's those. got nothing to do with it. It's, you don't. You can be a leader and shut up at the same time. What are you? Are you gonna do company motivational speeches now? <laughs> are you gonna go around to everybody, speak to everybody? Everybody can be a leader. No, no, yeah, no. There's, there's. I believe in the power of one, and everyone on that team can be a leader. Nah. See, I'll tell you this. As a, as a follower, you know, you, you select your leaders wisely because some people are leaders and some people are just pretenders who are just trying to be something they're not. How do you measure that? Ah, that's difficult. Depends on the situation. <laughs> it's, it's the guys who perform. No. Not those who are the leaders. No. Not the rah-rah guy. No, Not the no. guy who gets up there and says, come on, we can do it. Knock it off. Let's all focus and go out there. I get tired of that. No, show me a guy who busts his hump, who's out there on the field getting it done. I'm following that Which guy. Which has nothing to do with leadership. That's just, it does. Doing, that's no. just doing your job. No, it that's does. Just doing it doing your it, job. It's, it's a big part of it. It's not all of it, but it's a big part Like of the it. people that stand out front of a group and pretend to be better than everybody else and like, <laughs> oh, follow me, please. Just do your job. Give me, give me a bunch of – give me a team full of followers. They're going to go out there and follow instruction and just get the job done. You are so full of crap. What are you talking about? The the other good thing about being a follower like Jake and I are is no responsibility, no accountability. (laughs) We're just we're we're assigned things to do and we're doing comfortable in your zone over there. And if we don't get them done, who gets blamed? Our leaders. The leader. Yeah. You know, you might have a point, actually. The success of a team depends on I'm, I'm, guys who really – and I can't even describe how it happens completely. Yes, performance on the field or on the court or on the diamond is part of it, but there's also sort of this indescribable kind of effect that comes from certain people. I, How do you describe it? 
I, I mean, I'm, I'm joking with you for the most part, but I don't think that <laughs> just because not. I don't think that just because you are the best player that necessarily makes you a good leader or even a leader at all. And I, I really don't like the assumption that the quarterback is automatically the leader because everybody wants to put that he has that to be, label. Though. See, I don't, I don't. He think has he to does. be because Why? he's because he's integral to everything that happens on that side of the ball. Okay, what about what about a quarterback who's just going to go out and ball out? Well, that is leadership. Not really. That's just a quarterback going out and doing his job. That's not leadership. It's not the, oh, he's got the extra je ne sais quoi, which is something that we outsiders, some label we want to put on a good player to make people think that we have some sort of Jake, insight. Have you ever been the truth oh, hold is they're on. just good. Have you ever been a part of a team and there is there was somebody who was easy to follow? Not on this show. Not a, yeah, I was about to make the same joke. Sorry. Austin beat me to it. You guys are such jokers. You know? Well, when the troubled waters start rising on this show. <laughs> <laughs> Have oh. I told you guys how much I hate you guys? You did like four times this week. Um, so I, I guess this is my long way of kind of saying I, I, don't, I don't have a good answer to your question. I, don't th- I mean, we could sit here and list the best players. I don't know. Okay. They might be, me, they might the, be leaders the, on the team. They might the, not give be. Give me the two best players on each of those teams. Oh, I don't I don't know if they, you know, tune into the top 60 and 60, which is the next read I have to Yeah, do. I know, but I'm not talking about them. I'm talking about us. Uh, I on know, the Utes, it's, you it's do, Devin Lloyd. He's, yeah, he's the best player on the team. Sure. It, it's Devin That's, Lloyd and uh, who else? Nate Ford? Nick Ford? Nick Ford, I'm sorry. Nate Dick. Uh, I mean, I don't know. I I would say maybe Brent Keithy, some people would say. Would it be someone else on the defensive side of the ball? Is it uh, not but Britain I Covey? Is it, uh, it could be Britain. Uh, maybe Clark Phillips. But does that automatically make them a leader? It, it helps. Does it? It helps get there. Now, if they if they don't know how to lead, if they don't have the right connective kind of communicative skills then then it could it could not be that way but i i think it, it gets you halfway there i mean the, a guy like uh i don't want to slander anybody but i don't know what kind of leader star low to lele was but he was a very soft-spoken guy i think we can all uh, agree on yeah that. but there was, was not, there was but, strength in his but quietude. He, he but he went out and and removed people's heads from their shoulders did that make him a good leader or did that make him a hell of a football player <laughs> Well, I, 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 there's commonality there's there. There's not. There is some commonality. I don't think On there BYU's, is. Uh, who is it, James Empey? Yeah, he's and, uh, been an All-American pretty much since he got there. Yeah, and who else? I, I'm not sure. Uh, but you better develop them, and they better be there. And, they, and the other players better respect not just the individual leaders, but the the idea of leadership. And I think it can be spread around to an entire team. You take that 2004 Ute team, they had leaders everywhere, all over the place on those teams, on that team. They had followers all over, too. (laughs) 
Okay. Followers that are actually getting the job done. I bet you, you ask a coach, what would you want? An entire team full of leaders or an entire team full of followers? They'd pick the latter. No, they would. Oh, no way. An entire no, team no full way. of leaders trying to do their own thing. Not trying to do their own yeah. thing. That's not what a leader does. Yes, Jake. they lead other people. No, That's no, the definition no. of it. A leader cares about the, the general wel- welfare of the entire unit. That's what a real leader does. No. A real leader doesn't go, hey, everybody, look at me. I'm the man. That's the definition want, of the leader. I want all the attention. No, it isn't. Somebody who other people follow. That's the definition of a leader. Mm, I, yeah, but yes, that, yeah, but, true. But, but you can have a you you, go to le- dictionary. Leaders can follow leaders. Well, now we're just really confused, aren't we? <laughs> so are you a third degree leader? <laughs> A, a second well, they're, they're or, you know, degrees, actually. Fifth, fifth degree leaders are at the back of the line. Let me tell you, <laughs> you're not going to eat for like an hour because you're you're so far down the rung of leaders. Man, I've worked with a lot of leaders through the years, and uh, I, and there have been a whole bunch of them. So I, I think you're full of it. And, and, I, and this is what I'm trying to determine: whether you know you're full of it. I think you do. I'm not <laughs> I think you do. I hate that stuff. That everybody can be a leader. Why do you hate that? Because it's just gobbledygook. It, it is it actually not gobbledygook. Goes, it goes against the definition of the term. term. Uh, oh. <laughs> so, Haven't you ever... Can't, can't leadership be kind of all together, everyone stepping forward together? You're, uh, well, you're uh, familiar, obviously, with the ward structure. Can everybody be a bishop? No, but that's I'm different. I'm in a that's church different. full of bishops. No, that's like saying on a football team, you can have a bunch of leaders, but only one guy can be the head coach. So you can have you can have a, a coach, a bishop, a president, whatever, and you can have everybody else still Somebody's display got- characteristics of leadership without having the title. In fact, I've known some people who were great leaders who didn't have the title. You know, but people just naturally gravitated to their example. Hey, brother, some people have to be in the congregation, man. Pull up a pew. It's all good. The weather's fine. Uh, See, you know what? Scotty G, there's a good leader who I gladly follow. (laughs) Well, that's because you are a follower. Yes. But yes, the just, world needs followers you, you, too, Gordon. But you could be a leader too. Oh, pish posh. That'd go against my nature. At least I have uh, the self awareness. You know, give me that. Everybody could be a leader and stuff. Just tell me what to do. <laughs> You're right. You are a follower. Big time. Absolutely. You just don't do it very well sometimes. There you go. That's the split story of the day on the big show, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Split story brought to you by Sound Sleep Medical. Do you snore at night or are you currently using a CPAP machine to treat sleep apnea? Sound Sleep Medical can improve your life. Visit soundsleepmedical.com today. We'll have more big show coming up next, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone.